fun-filled adventure of Mind Surfer Radio. Now, I don't have a jingle yet. I've been told I, I need a jingle. Mind Surfer Radio. Online. I don't know. Something. We all have a purpose. That's my opinion anyways. I, I really believe that as we start waking up to being mindful of everything around us, our actions, and it's okay to be like, hey, whoa, shit, you know what? I've been acting like a dick. Because that's the hardest part is admitting it. But that becomes the greatest moment in the retelling of the tales. I know people who their parents, they drank a lot and they did bad things. And it was more prominent than you may know. And you may not know the history of your grandparents, but it's not that it was anyone's fault and things that didn't happen. It was real. It was what life was. And then there was a turning point at a certain age or a certain date. You ask the year of a child who has had a parent like that, they'll remember. And it's hard for a child to let go of what that treatment was. And then later on, as an adult, because think of it, a lot of parents didn't realize it until they're like later in life. And then they finally forgive and accept. And all they do is say, I'm sorry I did that. Because over, it's one thing to quit and you know achieve your goal, but then it's to look back on your life life and be like, wow, I did that. I do have to own up to it. It doesn't define me and you can't let it, you can't use it as a weapon to define people. I think that's one of the cruelest things humans do to each other. We don't recognize it at first. We don't, we do not recognize it. But a lot of people do it, so we see others do it. TV does it, so we do it. Now you look back and you're like, okay, I need to apologize. And the greatest apology, one is to acknowledge it and say sorry without excuses or blame, just I'm just sorry I did that. And recognizing that it was a lesson learned. And then the other part is starting fresh and leading by actions because actions speak louder than words. You can't be making the same mistakes and then saying, oh, sorry. Now, the reality is, is when you keep making the same mistakes and you don't want to acknowledge you are, you, you never say sorry. And sorry, 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 whichever one you want. And as we recognize the mistakes we may have made, it's not about dwelling on it. Think of it as a orb and it's floating and that's a memory and you grab that memory and you look at it and you're like, oh, there's so much anger in it but if you start twisting the orb because that orb is a moment in time and as you look into that orb and you twist it from different perspectives then there's the perspective of joy that you know what it wasn't perfect but i was fed and loving people around so if that one person was just absolute horrid which for the record i grew up in the one of the most loving families i could ever 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 imagine i was almost too delusioned of what happiness of a family was until like i was 12 years old so i lived in what i imagined would be like a tv happiness like just silly quirky my grandparents were immigrants from Italy, so that was like a Ray Romano show. And then my mom's side is French, and with a French community in Winnipeg. And it was interesting to be part of a community that when you went to the English schools for sports, it was like, oh, there's the frogs. There's the Frenchies. No, we didn't give a shit. Like, they didn't do anything. We weren't bullied. But it's like anything else. We look at something that's different and how can we judge them and just make fun of them just for whatever reason. And that's just human nature. Until you start recognizing it that, man, we're all in this together. And as you start becoming mindful about everything, and how our actions, 
regardless of what your fucking excuse is for acting that way. I need to pay bills. I need to take care of the kids. I need to have five boats. I need to have a mansion. I need to have this. I need, I need, I need. Sure, but fuck all that. Stop. How are you actually treating a person beside you? That's it. Like, how are you treating them? I know, but that's how I'm going to pay for my boat. Fine. Like, the, the question isn't judgment. We don't give a fuck. Honestly, if you just stand in front of this person, can you look them in the eyes? Because as we become older and more aware, and things happen to us, circumstances show up and we get feelings of, okay, there's got to be something more. And each person finds their own way and path to discover that. Now, some people are just so busy maintaining the material buying and paying of debt that you don't have the time to start questioning the, why am I getting all this stuff? Because the day you lose your house to a tornado or a flood or a hurricane, or you just lose everything. I talk about this in the previous death podcast and it's overwhelming when we think we have control over everything. It's all in under control, got under control. And I've got this in place, I got this insurance, I got this, I got that. I got it covered. I got the best of the best. Nothing can fuck me now. And then a hurricane comes and fucks you up, or a tornado, or a flood, or a mudslide, or just it's out of our control. And I'm pretty sure most insurance policies say, yeah, we got you covered. Don't worry about life at all, unless it's Mother Nature, because we can't even cover her, because we don't know how she's going to and so then you do lose it all and you have to start from fresh or from market crashes and you have, you truly have your reality is you have a lot of something of a good stock. And then all of a sudden for whatever fucking reason, it just isn't worth that anymore. So the new reality is I have a 10th of what I had before. Now my bills aren't being paid properly. This isn't to judge or mock or ridicule. It's just to acknowledge it can happen because there's people it's happened to them. My goal is to try and give heads up to people that may be approaching this. But I guess the person who is listening to this is like, you know what? I just went through that and this kind of resonates. It's like, yeah, man. And we all have our different reasons for reaching this mindfulness and shift of I did everything everything the way I was supposed to do it. I chased everything the way I did it. I did every, I followed the rules, man. I followed the rules. I, I thought I was going down the straight and narrow and this, and then it just crumbled. Like this is bullshit. Like now, so good people get fucked. Fuck the universe, fuck karma, fuck everything. And so it's all everyone else's fault until you reach a point where you can blame everyone all you want. But that path only keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And often that involves booze, pills, drugs, risky behavior. And then eventually it's just like the brink of death. Now the brink of death, which you start approaching the near death experience, which I talk about a little bit that I've had a couple. So when I speak of this, it's from that experience. It's not from a hypothetical. I watched a movie about it. And so over the years I've studied it and researched and read about other people. I'm like, damn, I'm not the only person who kind of went through this. This is fucked up. And it's been really difficult to talk to anyone about it because it's one of those things that you're immediately just, it's like a dog going beside a person. They just tap you on the head and smile like, oh, good for you. And it's like, all right, cool. I get it. It doesn't interest many people and it gets frustrating. And I'd say that's the hardest part of really discovering mindfulness and talking about it and creating this and writing my book and making the online videos. And I've been really dragging my feet 
because it's been one of those experiences where I don't know how to share this because there's not a lot out there that's teaching to share it. And so that's kind of my idea here. As we start connecting with that and we hear, we, we're at that death point. So when I had my crossover moment, I guess, I don't know, that's what I'll call it, whatever. It's like, and I've explained how it feels. It's an amazing feeling. And you're there and you're like, holy shit. Like I've been there about five-ish times six, five or six. And each time is just more and more. And I'm like, holy shit, like this is what's next. And I've had people come and talk to me. It feels like blobs of energy, I'd say. It's interesting, I don't know. And so it's like, okay, so if you die, this is where you go. But you can't go back and do anything. Like you can't get there and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then look back and be like, Fuck, I left that on a bad note. Like I left that on a bad, like, oh shit, what the fuck did I do? So after one of my experiences, I had a reflection back of a moment in life. And then I made a phone call after it was like eight years or something. And within months, that person turns out needed help. And I was able to help them and just, it mended a, a loose end or a burnt bridge that hurt someone more than I realized. And in turn, helped both of us grow down our own paths. That was my experience. I'm not saying that that didn't happen every time, but what did come to fruition was the understanding that we're just accountable for what we did. And when we die, however we leave it, we cannot go back and meddle. And I write a little bit about this and it's just, do you think the universe or God or whatever you want to believe is going to let you go back and meddle with the physical world because you fucked up and you want to make it better? They're like, "Uh uh-uh, that's how you left it. That was your, like, don't you get it? Like we're all on the same team. Why were we screwed? each other when you recognize everyone's on the same team and it's so difficult for people to understand because the judgment is they're such a bad person it's like yeah but are you such a great person and it's not to be judgmental but it's it's so easy to bitch about everyone else and we need to start helping each other recognize like hey let's give each other compliments be like hey man good job and give ourselves compliments and each other it's not about blaming it's about identifying so if a situation maybe i'm talking about upsets you because you're like, oh, this relates to me. Like, how dare you judge me? An observation isn't a judgment. The judgment is in your own mind thinking you know what other people are thinking. That's how strong the ego is. It makes us interpret what we think other people are thinking and mind reading and not living in our own moment. So you're living in the anger of your perceived anger in other people's minds. So all those people are in your mind judging you all the time. If that's not self-sabotage, what is? I went through this. Like I had to understand this and realize this. And there's times where now, now I catch myself. And if I see myself about to get angry because I'm guessing if you're listening to something about mindfulness it's because you got a fucking anger problem because that's kind of part of the whole thing is we got to understand that our anger is because we've been misled and we've tried we're trying to do our fucking best and then we're getting fucked but then we have to ask ourselves well what's our best and now that's where you're gonna love what i have to offer or not but i think you will and it's just about recognizing i want to be part of a team imagine you knew you were part of a team what if it turned out every single person in your fucking life strangers or not we're all on the same team. Now, we wouldn't know that by the way we treat each other. 
other right now. So now the question is, well, if they're going to treat me like shit, I'm going to treat them like shit, which was my way of doing things. So I'm like, it's justified. I'm like, I am a mere reflection or emotional mirroring. So I just let myself feel whatever I felt. And so when someone was being a dick, I was like, all right, I'll fucking be a dick too. Because if those are the rules we're going to play by, it's like, fuck off. And don't tell me this like, oh, you need more respect. I'm like, yeah, say that in a fucking mirror. You're going to recognize that your shit behavior stems from your shit behavior too. Now, that doesn't justify mine, but I justified it in my mind for a long time. I was like, no, I'm justified because fuck them. They're being a dick. I can be a dick. But over the long run, it becomes tiring and it's not productive. It's actually a lot of work mentally. Oh God, it's just so draining. And then that's where anger comes in because then you just get angry with the world because if nothing's going to change, no matter what you do, you can try different approaches, being nice, being reflective of their behavior, being a team player. At the end of the day, it often just comes down to appreciation, which nowadays often turns into money. And so, so many people are underappreciated or undervalued or whatever. It's, people get what they negotiate. It's like, no, no, they don't. People get fucked as hard as people will let them. That's what negotiation is. You know, the art of negotiation is take as much as you can and give as little as possible. I've taken an amazing negotiation class. It was actually with, I consider this guy a mentor and I didn't know him well, Skip Tucker. He was from San Fran and he came in and did this amazing negotiation class. I think it was like two grand a person this class. And there was a dozen of us in our construction office and they didn't want me to be in the class because I was just the safety manager, right? Like I wasn't negotiating million dollar deals, but I went to the branch manager. I'm like, hey, can I get into this class? And he goes, no, man, like it's booked. But if anyone can't show up, you can come. So like three guys didn't show up, I think. So there was room. And Skip Tuck was just the most brilliant teacher. And I'll talk about negotiations another time. But it was a two-day class and he was staying in Winnipeg for the first time. And I was like, hey man, where are you eating? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I'm going to go out and then go to the room and I got to teach tomorrow and I fly out. I'm like, is it your first time here? He goes, yep. I'm like, all right, man, let's, uh, we'll hit Earl's on Main. So I brought him there and immediately he starts doing magic tricks and the waitresses and the hostess are like, oh my God, you're awesome. I guess at this time he was in his mid fifties and just, he had a glow. He was this, just this ball of energy. It was crazy. Crazy. And I love being in his surroundings, that energy field. I was like, oh my God, this guy is just inspiring. And we hung out. Obviously, the next day we had his class. And then about a year ago, I thought about him and I looked him up on Facebook, found him, and then we reconnected. And I got to send him a thank you letter of just how he influenced my life. And he says, oh, thanks, man. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm doing this fucking like mindfulness stuff because I know, dude, it's like, it's what you're about. And it's just about treating each other properly and nicely and his version of negotiation was always each person values things differently and it doesn't matter what the actual money value is as long as what you're getting in return is a value for you. Now of course money was a big part of the negotiations and he had this exercise where we each had ten dollars, ten crisp sequential numbered US dollars and so all of us had it we got paired up in groups and I had to negotiate against one of our top project managers and I ended up walking away with $18, I think, or $16, I forget. $14, I walked away with more. The story will change. It's like the fish and it doesn't fucking matter. It's just a tale to tell. It's not a brag. It's just for fun. And it's part of the memory that I don't share very often. 
And the fact that the safety guy out negotiated one of their top multi-million dollar negotiators, it was, uh, it was awesome. Although I wasn't surprised. Come on. I knew what I was doing. I was 28 years old. So now Skip Tucker, and he was a very influential person in life. And I believe his idea of negotiation and how we treat each other is possible. So when you start recognizing, hey, I can give value to the world. So I believe by sharing mindfulness and teaching it the way I haven't seen anyone teach it the way I'm doing it. Now you might be new to mindfulness and be like, yeah, I've kind of heard about it. And you know, maybe you're in a really dark spot and you're feeling rough and you know, life is just life. Oh man, life, life is life. And everyone's going through some tough times right now. So the mindfulness is really, Maybe all we need to do at this moment is appreciate everything you have. You just stop. Like this is the mindfulness I recommend to really figure out, you know, your place and appreciate where you are. Because when you start recognizing, wait, I'm part of this team. Like I've been a janitor for big companies when I was in my late teens, early 20s. And I'd be cleaning bathrooms, toilets, the floors, whatever. And when you recognize everyone treats you with respect because you're part of the team, because you're the one who makes sure that when you go in for a piss and you have guests over in your establishment, it looks fucking amazing. That's a reflection of you. And if you can't appreciate how much disgustingness that employee is dealing with for a wage much, much, much less than you know the top levels, when we forget that, and then that appreciation starts dwindling. That's where the negativity may begin. But I remember being proud working that job. Now, does that mean I want to do that job forever? No, but I would say there's going to be a recurring amount of students coming out. And every year, if you hire a new one, within three years, they're going to quit because they're going to go to the next step. Mopping floors is a great job while you're going to school. Because sometimes if you work extra hard and you get it all done really, really well and you have an hour left, you can study. And a boss isn't going to be pissed about that if they're like, hey, you know what? I know they're paid for six hours. They've got an hour. They're fucking actually, they're trying to make a difference and I'm part of their good journey to get to the next step. Now, I'm not telling you just pay your employees to study, but I'm just saying, wow, wouldn't that be a nice gesture? If they have a contract with you, you know, three days a week, six hours a day and they get the work done in four hours and then they're able to study for two and you can pretend like you don't know and that's like that little generosity where we give back and they're they're working towards something now it's not them playing on a phone goofing off you know what i'm saying (sighs) interpret that part as you wish but it all comes down to how you want to be a team player if all you want to do is look at how economics work economy makes the world go round that is the reality that's all of reality of this world I used to think that. I really, really did. But over the years, I'm learning more. Yes, it is real. And we do need to abide by it. But there's more realness than just that. And as we become aware, like, hey, I can still be part of that world and participate and generate money. But it's going to take a little more effort from myself to generate the ideas and the purpose of why to do it. I'm going to tell you something. One of my major driving purposes for everything I did pretty much through my whole life was there was a chance of making a lot of money. If something 
looks too good to be true. Most times it is. Now, sometimes we get lucky and it's true, but then, then if we think it's always gonna be like that and then we pursue, pursue, and then it costs money and we lose money and then we get negative and we, we chase, we chase, and then we're no longer doing it for what the purpose of what the product was because why were you doing it? I don't give a fuck what the product was. These were the numbers I saw. Now, consumers, whether they know it, I'd say subconsciously, there's some products they don't wanna see become successful. There's some things that were like, whoa, what the fuck? Who the fuck invented that? Put that shit away. It's garbage. You're just, you're not adding good to the world. You're just creating garbage or dangerous items or whatever. Now, I'm not judging artistic items. I'm talking, if you create products that are like fake headphones, I've had bad headphone experiences and they break and you're like, fuck, it was still $25. It's not like it was free. And it's like, yes, yeah, fine. I got to spend now 200 some odd dollars for a fucking pair of headphones that the headphones in the 80s were great they were they were long lasting durable i don't need the fancy fancy shit i just need it to not break or have a long battery charge life when they're wireless that's it that's all i'm looking for so i get annoyed when people's life path is just selling garbage and so when we start recognizing that all of our actions now it's not judgment if that's all you're able to sell and that's the products that you love to sell fine like do whatever you need to do but i'm not going to leave a good review and that's the nice thing about the internet i have a bit of a voice now it but then it's like, well, really reviews? Do we even believe them anymore? I used to, I used to love reviews. I really trusted reviews for a long time. I don't think I, I don't trust anything anymore. Like I trust people, I love people, but it's like, <laughs> seems like everything has an angle now. Nothing is just, we're doing it because it needs to be done. We're doing it because his company's gonna do all the work and they're gonna skew some shit. It's like, really? Like why? <laughs> We're doing it because everyone's going to be forced to do this because they're going to make a shit ton of money and we're going to get some kickback. You know, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Okay. You're right. That shit doesn't happen. It's not real. <laughs> what we choose is a path to move forward. How's it going to help each other? How's it going to help everyone around us? Most importantly, how's it going to help you? If you're going to do work and spend your time doing something, what do you want it to be? And if the answer is, I don't know. Well, that's an important statement to just say, oh, okay, well, I do want to know now. Because now that the question's been posed and you know there's an unanswered question, the reality is now you're ignoring it and you're just maintaining cruise control without your hands on the wheel because you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm doing what I need to do. You can still create vision and do what you're doing. And I want to be very clear with that. It's actually probably better once you create a vision of what you now know, you're like, oh my God, if in five years I was able to work for the same type of company doing the same work, but for a company who's up and coming and actually cares about people, customers and everyone, maybe that's your vision. Maybe a small startup. Now they have enough experience because I think the first 10 years of life of working, so from, from like 18 to 28, work as many jobs as you can because that's the best opportunity to learn the industries you wanna be in. If you do a couple years of business college, like the two-year courses, do that to start. Now, this is for anyone who I would say is an artist or an entrepreneur. If you're an artist, take two years of business because with that in your back pocket, you're entering the business of acting. And a lot of fucking actors are just, they don't have much life experience experience and that's not to dismiss life i don't mean like you, they don't have a hard life i mean they haven't worked in corporate they haven't worked 
in really mundane jobs. <sighs> I don't know. A lot of actors get into the acting business without the background of business. And so they're not taught to think logically and think very creatively, which I am one of those people. I love thinking creatively. The problem is you still need to understand how the structure works because if you don't have a box to think out of, you're not thinking outside the box. You're just, where's the box? Like, where's the box? Because if you completely blow the box out and say, well, it doesn't exist. It's like, okay, um, I just want to give you a heads up. It still does exist. So to be able to take your thinking outside of the box and then bridge the ideas to the reality of today, that's the vision necessary required to lead the expansion and the growth of the box or creating a larger box. I have a feeling we're always going to be in a box. But if the box is bigger, isn't that better? It opens the mind to creativity and other perspectives. It gets rid of the excuses like, well, that's the way it's always been. That's how it's always done. That's just the way it is. If you're a young leader and you want to start moving forward and you want to recognize change, I would suggest mindfully seeing how it is now, the perspective of how it is for people now who the reality is it is what it is right now. So it's not just pointing the finger and being like, you fucked up completely. It's like, hey guys, we're all on the same point. I just happen to be born on this point a lot later than you guys. But hey, I understand that when like two generations ago, you guys were all raised by people who didn't have electricity, right? That's crazy. I can't even imagine that because right now our young generations I don't think they recognize that three or four generations ago we didn't have electricity like let that fucking sink in and then that's where that thought and realization where imagine if your great-great-grandparent was here and caught, got to talk with you and tell you stories of or brought you there and then you just they'd be like what you have light switches you have a heater you have insulation r20 what does that mean i don't know but apparently it's good the r's that's why they call it pirate wall r so they'd be like what this is you have a little black box? What? You're telling me you have a little black box and it can look at the constellations and the stars? So yes, it can do all that. When we see how many comforts we have compared to what they had, shoes, insoles, winter jackets, cars, heated seats, furnaces, duvet, weighted blankets. I don't know. I think that's a thing. I love a heavy blanket. We open the fridge and we have whatever food we need. If you're saying you're having chicken tonight, you don't have to go to the chicken coop and then go to the chopping block and then chop the head off because that's what you do at a chopping block. And there's a chicken head and then the expression, oh, you're acting like a chicken with his head cut off because they used to see that. They used to see that. If you've never heard that expression, it's someone who's just acting crazy. And right now it's most of society. There's a bunch of people running like a chicken with their head chopped off. I'm not going to lie. If I lived in that time, I would probably think it was fun too because I didn't have the internet to entertain me. A chicken running around with blood squirting out of its neck while it doesn't know where it's going has to be the fucking craziest, funniest thing to be watching. 
And they don't have empathy for it because there's nothing in their life that's easy. Nothing feels sorry for them. They're just having to fucking survive. And that's a perspective that when I think of, I'm like, holy shit, man. I've been ungrateful a lot and it's time to be grateful. And if part of my mission for now, my path, my journey is to help other people just recognize a little more gratitude and be more appreciative of shit and recognize the comforts we have to the degree that they're affecting us in a positive way and how our grandparents would be like are you fucking kidding me shut the fuck up I don't care what other people think of me and that's fine you can have that idea I really used to believe that too like I don't give a shit I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks and I've acted like a dick Basically, as I've been learning about the mindfulness and why and, and my path and how we move forward and how we're all on the same team, I've just been documenting it. And now through these podcasts are just open conversations for those who are like, yeah, man, this, this makes sense. It's not to say, oh, you need to believe in this or that. No, it's just believe in yourself. And it's difficult because when we don't know what the vision is, then we don't really see ourselves. We've defined ourselves often for the person we were of the past. And if you're still listening up to this point, I believe you understand this, that it's like a helium balloon that's floated away, but there's still a string. And a lot of your life is stuck to a world that it was amazing. And you have to be appreciative of the world. I used to say, you know what? The people who pissed me off, because people would say, don't burn your bridges. I'm like, fuck that. Here's a gasoline tank and I'm fucking lighting the match. Because I really didn't like the way I was treated. And at that time, it made sense. And I wouldn't change anything because I needed to go through that lesson for me to reach where I am today right now. Because had I not gone through all those moments that were, to me, life-changing or learning or exciting and disappointing, if I didn't go through all of them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. And I've reconnected with a lot of people from back in the day who just contacted me and we've been chatting and, you know, when we recognize like, yeah, man, we had fun back then. Neither of us, none of us were perfect. None of us. And we've all fucked each other in some way or another. Just it's what high school and being young is. And we goof around, we make mistakes, and then we go our separate ways. Some keep in touch and some don't. And as we start seeing like, hey, man, you're in my life for these reasons, like all the good things and any bad thing, it's like, this is what I learned from that negative thing. And I know I can't change what I did, but I'm going to say thank you for fucking having let me learn this lesson. And if it wasn't for that, and I thank you and I'm sorry if you've never said I'm sorry. And uh, often I haven't not had it yet where it's like, yeah, man, it's all good. Of course it is. Because it's not reminiscent and blamingly, like, you piece of shit. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> 20 year olds. <laughs> that happened 20 years ago. I don't care. You will be my revenge. I guess people do that, right? We, we hang on to shit like forever. The grudges. The grudge. I'm going to hang on to this forever. You did this to me. But then that's what it takes for us to just become aware. Like, oh, wow, you know what? I got to go through that. I'm mindful of how that experience affected me. And now turn that person who did something bad to me in a way that was hurtful to me to a, now an experience that was a learning for me. And so to them, it's a forgiveness for themselves too, right? 
because we're all on the same team. What if it turns out we're all on the same team and no matter what, you know, we do or look like, we're just all the same. Like, what if it turns out we're all on the same team? So when we've been doing bad things or sometimes inaction is just as harmful as doing a bad action. And maybe that's a topic that I can look down some other time. It's not about changing the world It's not about flying cars and robots and AI and nuclear bombs or diseases. Because as we talked about in the death episode, we all die. Everyone. Everyone dies. Once you accept death, because guess what? You could die tomorrow by getting hit by a bus. I've had two near-death experiences. I've had more, but I've had two where I've like left and had a a serious encounter. I have others where I'm like... (gasps) Holy shit, like that was nearly my last step on the road. And they happen more often than not. Near miss reports at workplaces to me are more severe than a uh, actual injury sometimes. A near miss can feel like a near death. And when I was training guys and managing and supervising and overseeing procedures and doing investigations for construction sites, there's a couple guys who I know that they were rattled. And so I chatted with them, but I did not give them the support I know now that would have been helpful. And I'm not saying it's the Mind Surfer. I'm just saying that there's resources you can call people because Mind Surfer is very informal, right? Like I am not, you're not going <laughs> to, I am not designed to be taken and followed and listened to because you're going to get something of meaning. It will be have meaning, but not recognized by a government body or something. But as you learn through either the structured, you know, clinical ways or through this angle, which I do suggest to everyone all the time, if you need some issues dealing with our past, which is, you know, mental health or anything, you know, if you're just feeling like you're nagging yourself or you're just always hard, if you're always hard on yourself, and you're really just down on yourself, and there's no one in your life to talk to, I want you to know I've done it. I've gone to ask for help. Pretty much everyone I know at some point has gone and asked for help. And it's crazy because we never talk about it. Because as friends, you'd think that we'd be there for each other, but it turns out maybe we're not fulfilling all the aspects of life in a friend, and that's okay. Because sometimes friends is just two people needing to do a distraction that does not talk about the real world. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're practicing archery or crochet or whatever, and you're doing it together and you're just chatting and learning different techniques and helping each other, and that's your way to de-stress, that's okay to have friends like that too. Not every friend has to be someone who has to listen to everything you're going through. If you're constantly doing that with people, you may recognize people start, they want to stop partaking in activities with you. Now that can hurt our feelings and there could be a lot of anger towards them, but that's them having respect and boundaries for their own time and their own sanity. Because when they're on their own little free time, you better believe that they're busy with life, with stresses, stuff that you know nothing about between the family and health and work. So when you meet people in those types of areas where it's not a person, it's no more personal than it is be the best version of yourself at this activity as you can be. And it has really nothing to do with other personal stuff. It's not that they're not caring people. They just need to turn it off. And sometimes we need to turn it off. And if we're carrying the same broken record stories of how we're victims of something 
or how the injustices there are. It doesn't mean you're not accurate. It just means, okay, what are you doing about it? Wow, I'm going to complain. That doesn't do anything. I'm going to write a well-wordsmithed angry review on Facebook. Who cares? No one gives a shit about that. That's not helping anything. That's, that's, I think that's what's creating cancel culture. I don't know. I'm not hip and cool to all that stuff, but it is that idea of I'm going to do this. It, I made a difference. And you close a laptop and go shove food in your face or do whatever the fuck you want. We need to be more mindful that it's at the smaller levels that we need to look at. How can we make a difference? What are we doing right now? Now, the first step is we need to deal with, address, face. You have to have your Luke Skywalker Dagobah system moment. Now, you may be going through it right now. And the Dagobah moment is when he's in the cave and Yoda sends him in there and he goes, I'm not scared. And then that's when Yoda gets creepy and he goes, you will be. Oh, you will be. Be you will. Oh, be you will. I don't know. I forget what he says. And so he goes in and da 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 and then Vader. So you have these... And then... And he cuts the head off and then... And then all of a sudden... The mask breaks open and he looks in it and it's his own head. Dun, dun, dun. It's his future if he continues down the path he's going. If he feeds into the dark, that's who he's going to become. And that was... Before, I think that's before he finds out at the end that Luke, I am your father. Which apparently, if you're into Mandela effects, I always said it was Luke, I am your father. But apparently it's not. I think it's just I am your father. Which it's true because I looked, but I just don't. I always remember it being Luke, I am your father. I just like saying Luke, I am your father. Okay, so. And then there you go, classic father-child issue, which gets resolved by going through your Dagobah system because when you leave the Dagobah system, guess what? You're closer to resolving that problem than you were when you were not resolved it. So, you know, it's not about making light of life, but it's about making light of life. You got to fucking enjoy it. You're here. When you understand that this whole fucking process of becoming aware of stuff is just part of the journey. It's all part of the learning. It's part of the lessons. It just is what it is. That's what they say, right? It is what it is. So for this moment, and that's when that expression works, is if you want to be still and meditate for a moment, first you have to go, okay, here's everything that's happening. Okay. There's nothing I can do. It is what it is. So for now, nothing I can do. Now, if you need to make a phone call before four o'clock to get, you know, a bill paid so that the water doesn't get shut off. Well, it isn't what it is yet. You still have actions to do. You have to do something right now before that happens. I don't have money for it, so I can't pay it. So so what is the plan? And if you don't have a plan yet, well, it is what it is. (laughs) The water might get shut off. Prepare while you have water right now. Fill up fucking some jugs. Know that you're going to need four liters for every time you flush that fucking toilet. Fill up your bathtub. Have some jugs available because in a few days, if you don't have money to pay the water, you're not going to have water until you can pay the water. And yes, water is a right, but we have a social agreement that everyone's going to pay their share for the various utilities. Is everyone paying their fair share? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. Still, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. But as we read and we start following some political candidates and be like, hey, this guy talks about this too. Like this guy's kind of aware of what's going on. 
Okay, so his decisions when he gets bids with companies, that's part of the qualifiers is they have to meet these certain requirements. So how do we lead by example as a country? We put legislation that says, hey, as a community and a science world, we recognize these things are happening now and it's gonna generate a cost on the country. Therefore, you need to offset these costs by incorporating it because you're creating and bringing this problem to the world. In what world would it make sense that anyone else pay for it? Of course, a fairy tale world where people who just wanted to control everything could, but that's coming to light, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it just seems like it. But as we as we vote and encourage the politicians who have the vision and they can go there and be like, yeah, guys, you know what? It turns out that there's been some people who've not been doing the best things because they've been stopping progress because it's been helping their industries. And now those industries have kind of rooted themselves in communities to make themselves indispensable. So it's like, well, if you kill us, you're killing all these cities and saying, yeah, well, someone in those cities is fucking smart. There's a lot of smart people in different industries and a lot of people have to go to universities and being in energy wasn't their first dream job, but hey, it paid the bills and they're learning a ton and they're gonna be the ones creating the new future of what energy looks like for us. I have a feeling it's not gonna be any combustibles. It's gonna be some new cool shit we've never seen and it's gonna be one of those things from the, the Tesseract from Transformers. It's gonna be some shit like that and it's like you put one in the center of a city and it's free energy for everyone wirelessly and that's what it's gonna be. And it's like, well, why would it be like that? That's bullshit. Someone should be making money. Okay, well, we can charge something but who's like, what jobs are we gonna be working? Like in the future, half the jobs are being replaced with robots. So then what? How are we gonna spend our times? So now if you have visionaries or people, let's say you're a person who you've studied philosophy or you've studied arts or literature and you've always had the dream of seeing a future that was different and inspiring, well, why don't you write the book about it? Why don't you, instead of, I've had some great advice along the way of creating this project and one was you need to quit reading everyone else's stuff and let all your stuff out because you're now filling your mind, you're wasting time because you know what you're writing and you need to finish it. And so what if what I'm doing just helps you recognize like, hey, wait, I can still work the job I'm doing, but there's some aspects of my life I wasn't enjoying. Let's pretend you're out drinking too much. So you say, you know what? I'm stopped drinking, but I need to find something else because of diversion, because the problem with drinking is that it's fun, and especially if you're hanging out with people and it's, you, it's a distraction of the mind. Now, what if, I, you know, someone said, hey, I can distract your mind by you focusing it and also creating and achieving one of your own goals. Be like, well, that's maybe interesting. And as you're able to extract all the thoughts and creativity, maybe your path right now is to create that book or the story that's going to inspire the person who's gone through what you've gone through and show them a path. Now, whether it's fictitious or real or it's up to you, I'm not telling you what to do, but, or maybe you're going to invent a new technology or a new device or a new theory and you're going to experiment and you're going to create a little lab in your garage or your basement. It's just something inside of you is ready to be like, oh, I want to be part of the team. 
Now, some of you may be like, well, I love the job I'm doing. I don't want to quit. Then don't and count yourself fucking lucky. Do you know how lucky you are? You're making money doing something you love. Do you know how many people are just fucking like, oh my God, they drag their ass out of bed. Now, some people drag their ass out of bed because their jobs are so stressful and any first responder or hospital person is just, those are long days. It's long draining, emotional draining days all the time. And maybe you work one of those jobs and you're new to this mindfulness thing and you're like yeah you just kind of makes sense but we're all part of the same team and you already know this because you've been knowing that as a first responder all the first responders appreciate the help each other's doing and the civilians don't always appreciate it and know that first responders people appreciate you i appreciate you a lot of people appreciate you for being there because you choose to do something that is helping others. You had the gift of finding at a young age that you wanted to help others. And that is a gift sometimes undervalued. I believe many of you already know that. And I think within your own communities, you share with each other how you grow and see that. When people have never been part of a community or part of something, it's tough for them to understand what that's all about. I was lucky I had a really close family. And I had some really close-knit hockey teams. And then in beer league, we had some close teams. I had some close co-workers when I worked in various jobs. I've always had the group of people. I just always, I've been one of those people. And it'd be like a tight-knit group. And I know people who are like, oh man, I've never been friends with those people. Or no, like I didn't have those types of friends. And I think I've taken that for granted a lot. So I really appreciate all those different people. And I send them messages and I'm like, hey man, what's up? You know, I just, whenever I think of a friend, I'm like, hey, I hope you're doing good. Shooting them a message. It's not that I need to speak to them for an hour. And people who say, oh, message, text messages are disrespectful. Shut the fuck up. You're just upset because no one sends you any, all right? It's disrespectful. Whatever. Now phone calls, they can be long and there can be, my phone calls get long and drawn out because it's, text is better because I can stay on point. If we start talking, I go off on tangents because I enjoy their energy. So I have fun. I get excited. My friends know this. That's why if they don't answer, I know I'm like, it's cool because you don't have fucking half an hour to listen to my bullshit or me question everything that's going on with you because I give a fuck because I love hearing what's going on because it's been six months or a year I haven't talked to you. So, but you know, you understand text message just to say, Hey, what's up? That's just, that's just shooting like love bombs. Like, dude, what's up? Love you. And there's nothing wrong with shooting a love bomb. I heard the word love bomb used in a negative way and throwing a love bomb is like a love grenade. Woo love you. So all that being said is as we become aware of what we want to do, even if you're 60 or 50 or 40 or 30 and you're like, it's too late. No, my time's gone by. Old dogs can't learn new tricks. It's just what it is. Now I got to live in misery for the rest of my life. No, no, no. It's my destiny. It's my destiny. No, no. It's my fault that I got to live with it forever. It's like, well, okay, well, you're choosing that because you also have the choice to say, okay, it's my fault. How can we make it different? I don't know how to make it different. Okay. Well, Mind Surfer is a way to start being more mindful of how we're thinking. We're not... (laughs) I'm not judging anyone by being like, you're asleep. I'm just saying that's how I used to be too. Like, no, no, I don't need to know this. No, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, what I know is right. No. But then I'd always be saying, I know, 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 because I knew everything. I know, I know. And then once you, that's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Then once you realize you don't know shit is when humility kicks in. 
And humility is when you start recognizing you don't know fuck all. Everyone else around you knows more. But it's going on with like a lot of people. So you may be surrounded by similar people, but then now you realize how dumb you are, but they don't realize how dumb they are yet. And it's like, oh man, I used to look like that. Damn it. Okay, I got some more work to do. But we start recognizing mindfulness being accepting that we're not perfect, accepting that we are silly and goofy and we can't be taking ourselves too seriously. Because if we take ourselves too seriously, then there's no humility. And humility is one of the keys to gratitude. Because when you're humble, you will appreciate a blade of grass that has grown next to a rock. And you'll just look at it and say, wow. I'm so grateful to have experienced sitting in the stillness with a blade of grass growing beside this very smooth, colorful rock. What are you talking about? I know mindfulness being very present in the moment. Now, I'm hoping that the idea of walking while listening to these podcasts has catched on. I hope you're recognizing This is my free way of giving you the motivation to do something different, change your habits. So by changing your habits, it's hard and walking is boring. But if you're walking and you're hearing someone talk about perspectives and ideas that aren't really talked about, so you're expanding your mind and exercising your mind by thinking of concepts and also exercising your body. It's a double whammy. It's the two for one double habit changer. So by doing one thing, you're doing two things and you're now motivating yourself to just keep pursuing it. Pursuing what? I don't know, maybe over the next podcast or whatever, next year, maybe over the next year you'll figure out, hey, I've been thinking and being more mindful. I appreciate what I'm doing at work. I love what I'm doing at work. It's just, I don't see myself doing this for 10 years, which is why I always quit my jobs. As soon as I was like, oh, I can do this for five years. I can't do this for 10 years. Three to five year mark is where I was like, oh, I'm done. And as you become more aware of your own thinking patterns and your own actions, and you have more control over things than you sometimes realize. And even little changes in 20 years will be the biggest. It's like shifting the rudder of just slight degrees, but in 20 years down that path, we'll be at such a distance compared to the path you were previously on. And maybe even longer because that other path had many obstacles of death looming in its way. And by changing your habits of exercising and feeding your mind and your body more productively, because eating is about productivity. Everything about life is productivity. And when we start kind of looking at it like a video game, I don't talk about that a lot. I will in a future episode, but when you start recognizing that how we consume ideas, education, food, all of it, that's how we control our aliveness, our health. We have control over it. I hope you guys did your walk. I hope it's doing well. I'm hoping a lot of goodness for you. I hope it's, I hope I'm inspiring you. And I have a following right now that I just say thank you. Thank you to you guys. Thank you for the messages and thank you just for, thanks for being on this part of the journey with me. And you know who you are and I fucking appreciate it. I got some more stuff coming. There's gonna be lots more. If you have ideas, for a future topic, let me know and I will see what I can do. All the best, take care, peace.